Welcome to Beyond Beauty, the professional beauty associations podcast, where we take a deeper look into the minds and the hearts of the amazing professionals who make up this professional beauty industry. I'm your host, Leslie Perry from the Professional Beauty Association. And with me today, I have an amazing guest, Janine Jarman, salon owner, celebrity stylist, educator, and now a product line founder, developer of Curl Cult and self-described queen of perms, something, yeah. something along those lines. So I'm so excited to have you here, Janine, and thank you so much for making time to be with us. Oh, thank you for having me. I love the PBA. I've been, I mean, a career long member. I, it's so to be able to like, you know, get to get to be on the podcast. It's really special to me. So talk a little bit about how did you pick beauty? How did you know beauty as a career choice was the right thing for you? Yeah, beauty. I mean, I was really lucky and beauty found me. Um, I not that unique of a story for a lot of hairdressers, but really struggled in school, you know, wasn't that great at much, but I've always had a ton of effort and energy. So I always gave it my all, but with really like meager results. Um, and in high school, I've, I have a ton of hair and I had really long hair and I would wear it up every day. Now, now bearing in mind, this is like, when was this? Like late nineties like 96, 97. Um, and I'd wear it in these big updos, kind of like the Pamela Anderson with like the clips in it and flowers yes. shoved in it. <laughs> and girls started to notice that it was just a way, like a self-expression for me. Um, they were like, oh my gosh, your hair always looks so amazing. Can you do my hair for the dance? So oh. I did one senior girl's hair first. She came, I worked at a bikini shop downtown Huntington Beach. That's where I lived. <laughs> Um, she came, I did her hair in the dressing room on my break <laughs> and with my caboodle and I know, had a caboodle too. <laughs> right. Um, and she loved it. She ended up winning homecoming queen that night at the homecoming, uh, football game. And I, I was a cheerleader too. So I was at the game. So then all her friends were like, Hey, the dance is tomorrow. Can you do my hair for it? So like that overnight I was doing updos. Um, wow. and then started charging money for them. I then aligned with who is to this day, my, so my best friend, this girl, Noelle, who was in school and she did her makeup really good or really well and would do all the girls makeup. So we like teamed up. We ended up subleasing an, a spot out of a dress shop in downtown Huntington beach. Um, just for a day rate, which the day rate was, we would clean the back storeroom in exchange for setting up shop awesome. in her dress shop. And we were we we were booked months in advance first with our school and then we would sneak into other dances and hand out flyers and get other clients <laughs> and yeah we were we were booked for years and then it turned into like doing people's weddings and all before i even went to beauty school so it found me i was like oh my god it was such a good feeling to finally be good at something and it was, there was a duality to it. Like I love doing the hair, but I, I think I love getting the clients even more. Mm. Um, my dad's an entrepreneur. He uh, owns his own construction business. So I always knew, like had this like deep desire to own my own business. So that was a big part too early on that I was like, Ooh, I want to, I want to own my own salon. Like I want to do hair, but I want to own my salon because I really enjoy getting the customers and that, that whole process. 
That's amazing that yeah. you that it found you. And a lot of people don't like the business side. Like they get into yeah. it because they love the creative side, but you also love that business aspect of it. Oh my, I, it's, I don't like, I feel bad saying this, but I think it's my favorite part. Like my, I love making people happy, but I like mm -hmm. even more than clients. Like I love growing hairdressers and teaching, mm. you know, giving them, a, a space to be successful, be it, you know, first with my salon I've had for 18 years, I opened it, um, heroin salon in LA when I was 24, um, as a fail, as a salon I was working at that went under, which that's a story for another day of how I got that. It's a really <laughs> good story. Um, but yeah, like getting the stylist busy and be, building a successful salon. And then I opened one in New York for six years under the same name. And doing all that. I really love that build. I loved building the salons and, you know, big picture designing, um, now to my product line. I was going to say, so how, yeah. did, I mean, I mean, you have like touched so many areas of the industry and now as a product line founder, creator, developer, like where did that idea flash crazy from? person? I mean, who <laughs> it's so funny, right? Like what a weirdo who likes perms as much as me. <laughs> um, it, I always liked perms, even in beauty school when, I mean, it was, I went to beauty school in the year 2000. So like, what is it? 20, 23 years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, everyone flat ironed their hair. Like no one was getting perms. I mean, no one cool was getting perms, but it was fascinating. I had uh, three Japanese exchange students in my beauty school. They showed me like how in Japan, like how there's this mad respect for, perms Girl. and how they yeah and how they like have an avant-garde approach to it and the uh, kanichi one of the guys he taught me how to perm his hair on popsicle sticks and our perm teacher miss francis was like a perm champion of the 80s so i had this like really <laughs> unique like cool like perms are secretly cool kind of vantage point in beauty school and yeah, I always looked at them different. Like I knew they smelled bad. The results like weren't always the best as far as like how it left the hair, but it did something like it, it did things to hair permanently that solved real problems for clients. And that is always how I viewed it as a liquid uh, problem solver, you know, where color, you can like change your color. You can kind of problem solve color, correct your your own skin tone using hair color, but like adjusting someone's texture to make it perform better is, is powerful. You save them time, you give them confidence and it's so instant, you know, like mm -hmm. within a couple hours, they have a totally different head of hair. Um, and that just fascinated me and, and made me slightly obsessed because I started perming a lot of my long haired clients as a way to like give them more freedom in their styling routine, wash, uh, truly wash and go, look. wash and go all the while using every perm on the market. Even the ones that came out, they're like, this is the new way. And it, nothing had changed about the perm. They were still processing the same. They still smelled the same. Um, they still caused a good amount of damage. You know, they hadn't evolved with color and bleach and smoothing systems, utilizing new innovative technologies that we have in our color, our bleach additives, our, you know, smoothing systems. Um, they just kind of stayed in the nineties. So that's what I sought out to change was to have a, a better performing, 
more modern, um, cool perm that people actually wanted to do. So it, it's funny a lot of times like in, in pitching it or, you know, when going around and getting it into new areas and new salons, they often think I'm trying to go after like current perm business. But I'm like, no, 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 no. If you have a clientele, like a mature clientele that loves firm perms, keep them using box perms, you know, that are, that are doing what they want. This is for the clients that would never think to perm their hair that are wrap ironing it, that are, mm -hmm. you, you know, just struggling with it and really want something easier. That's what this, that's what my curl cult does. It, it helps, um, create soft, natural looking texture. And I, I've never asked you this before. Is your hair, is your hair a perm or oh, is it, I know. or is it curly naturally? So I get, asked, I get that asked all the time. No, I inspire perms, but I never wore my hair curly for years because I damaged it so much. So it, this, this curly hair journey beyond making the perm, our retail products really are, came from a necessity for me um, in my, in our education in this like me getting comfortable with curly hair on myself. I became allergic to hair color after my first kid was born. Mm. So I couldn't color my own hair anymore. So I kind of left it alone and was like, oh, wait, these curls are coming back. <laughs> what the heck do I do? So I went online and like found all these like, like Reddit groups and blogs of these curl obsessed people. And I was fascinated because all most of the the content that was out there that I was finding was generated from actual like consumers, not hairdressers, mm. who like just used everything on the planet and and explored and shared tips and tricks. And they were, it, it felt like I was reading like this declaration into a cult. And that's how I came up with the name. I was curl like, oh, cult. No, this is like the a curl cult. But there there is that that moment that once you unlock the power of texture, it, you, you become obsessed. Like I don't, I like to do my hair this morning, you know, I slept on wet hair last night. I woke up, threw water on my head, put some of my product styling products in, ran a, a white tooth comb through it, scrunched it and it air dried. And it's, my hair is healthier, longer, like all the things I struggled with all the while saving me time. So mm -hmm. yeah, it is, it's, but it is this, like, we have to change, um, the, the idea around, like, mm -hmm. I have bad hair, I have bad texture, or I can't wear my hair curly because there's a process involved with it. You know, one example is people that are blowing their hair out and curling up in it. They're, they're, um, destroying the salt bonds that are, um, that's how you get heat styled curls is by breaking salt bonds, but they reconnect after you wash it. Well, after a while you do, you heat it up enough, you kind of permanently break those. So a lot of times they'll get, they'll want to maybe engage their natural curls, but here where it's healthy, it'll curl up, but they've like, you know, created such a flatness from all the heat styling. Um, and in those cases, some, we will perm the ends or we'll perm their whole head mm -hmm. so that it can nicely grow yeah. out with them. Yeah, because it does, it looks like natural curls. So it, no more harsh lines of demarcation. And that was the kind of stuff I wanted to solve for that I was like, yeah, it's not a compliment when someone's like, oh, did you get a perm? 
because <laughs> they either can smell or they can tell and mm -hmm. that's not a good thing so we needed to like make it smell better have less steps like you neutralize over top no more rinsing no more blotting which makes mm. it less messy less uncomfortable for the client like easier for the stylist less opportunity for error um so solving for that too um yeah it's that's the main thing with with curl call i wanted one to really come out with something that helped clients in the long run that really solved problems um, and two was something that could bring meaningful new revenue to stylist books, especially after, you know, coming out of the pandemic, it's been a, mm -hmm. it's been a slow grow. And, um, yeah, this is something, if you do one or two perms, add them to your books a week, you can only increase your revenue by like 20, $30,000. And mm -hmm. that's been perms on current clients. It's not even like new clients. So this is, you know, while it's cool, like I'm so pumped to have my own product line. I, from my heart, wanted something that would actually positively impact our client and stylist lives. So along those lines, what for you at this stage is most fulfilling about still working in professional beauty? Um, I mean, because I like a challenge, changing people's minds. Because as you can imagine, I mean, I've been working on this brand right? It always is like, oh, it's overnight. I've been working on it conceptually for 10 years. Um, form, it took me five years to land on the formula. Two of those years were spent just getting the fragrance correct. Mm -hmm. um, but all the while, like Brazilian blow dries were their heyday. Like nobody wanted a perm. Like it was like, <laughs> I, every, I mean, the amount of people, I mean, and even still, it's less and less that like laughed at me that were like, would tell me like, Hey, I'm going to help you out. You need to, to drop this. Like it's, it's like a Regina George and mean girls. I say like, quit trying to make fetch happen. Right. <laughs> I'm like, no, yeah. um, but that like changing people's minds. Cause I love going into a class and they're like, I hate perms. I'm like, good. Me too. I hate old perms. That's not what this is. And, you know, the ones that'll come up after me or we, I'll get emails or DMs that are like, oh my God, I never in my entire career thought that I would enjoy perming, but it does. It, it's, you know, it's an opportunity for them to engage a whole different consumer with, with textured hair, creating textured hair that they were maybe really scared to do and didn't have, you know, a tool that can get them over that hurdle. And I, I, that's, that's what I love is. It's pushing people into uncomfortable areas and mm -hmm. helping them surprise themselves is my favorite part. So besides where you found this niche with the perms, is there anything else missing in, in professional beauty today? Are you looking, not even product wise, but just overall in general, are there things that you think, man, we really, we need to fill this particular gap? Yeah. I mean, there's a couple, oh God, where, how much time do you have? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I discovered in launching the perm, right? I thought I'd just be going out there teaching everybody how to perm. And I actually, they want to know about curly hair. So mm -hmm. I, I definitely have expanded my charge of, okay, we're going to teach them how to perm, but we're going to show them how to cut it. We're going to show them how to style it. We're going to get, I'm going to be a brand that really helps hairdressers be comfortable with textured hair in, in all of its intricacies, be it created naturally or 
um, through a chemical. Because that's the perm is only part of the part yeah. of the thing. You know, if I don't use the right products in the right manner, my hair does not look good as a natural curly haired person. So, you know, opening that up and and walking into that has been eye opening. Like I didn't think like, oh, two years in, we're gonna launch a cutting curriculum. Like that wasn't on my. I was like, no, no, I'm a perm company. But I was like, oh shoot. Yeah, sometimes when they think their perm failed, it's because they needed a haircut to yeah. support it. So yeah. that was a big aha. Um, another thing that I think our industry is missing is realistic expectations of, of um, wages, of revenue, of what success looks like. Um, you know, it's there's so many ways to use a license. It, being behind the chair isn't the only way. Um, finding clients via social media isn't the only way, um, but really whatever route you take or move into, you know, treating it with like you would any other career and business path with commitment and consistency. Um, I think that like having more unsexy education around that, that it's like, no, you can do it, but here's how long it'll actually take based on yeah. statistics. There's statistics around it. Like you don't, become a hundred thousand dollar hairdresser overnight just because you have a great Instagram. Mm -hmm. Not enough. You know, and I think, I think we've overly focused on specializing. Um, we like look in history, trends have changed. Obviously I'm bringing perms back. So, you know, if I, when I started hair, I only knew, knew how to use a flat iron. So if I dug my heels in and I'm like, I only flat iron hair, then I'd really be struggling right now to, to continue to grow my clientele and to grow myself professionally. So I do, I do worry about that sometimes when we're too quick to say no, no as hairdressers and be like, mm -hmm. I only do blondes. It can be a short, short sighted and it removes. And this is like, it's the very controversial opinion, as you can imagine, this is just an opinion. I believe that it removes the customer service part from our, our job or our career that mm -hmm. in society, that is probably one of the biggest roles we play as a hairdresser is being a place of refuge, um, being a safe place to explore new ideas, to feel reinvented. And when we only will do A, B, and C, we lose out on that opportunity of connecting with a client deeper to help them explore different sides of themselves, their personalities, their eras that they're in. You know, like it, it, there's so many, I've come up with in contact with so many hairdressers that don't do short hair. And I can't count on- Trust me, as a short hair girl. <laughs> I know. It is really hard to find people who love to cut, who love to cut short and who have the skill set to do it yeah. so that you, you look the way you want. But and I- the skill set to do it is just doing it and practicing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you'll never get the skill set if you don't do it. I can't tell you how many clients I have that I have grown their hair out with them, cut it off, grown it back out, cut it off, grown <laughs> it back out. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. Like I'm their hairdresser through all of it. Mm -hmm. And it's been, it, there was never like, oh, I only like my hair. Like it was different eras. And we got to like, you know what I mean? They didn't have to replace me because I, I wasn't, willing to cut their hair off. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's, I think there's a missed opportunity for long-term client connection. Um, when we 
overly specialized sometimes. Mm-hmm. And what advice do you have for some, you know, a, an early career level professional, someone yeah. graduating school right now who might be watching and listening? Definitely. Like you want to get great at one thing kind of at, like you're going to have to learn all of it, but whatever you love the most, get great at it, mm-hmm. but then move, move on and then do stuff you're super crappy at, do, you know, invite models in, um, give people like we have one colorist on our floor who is like spectacular when she came to I was like why do you want to work here she's like I'm ready to like learn to cut because she came from a specialized salon Mm -hmm. she's terrified because she's such a perfectionist and it all it took was like I was like I will fix whatever you mess up like I would rather you mess up like mess it up and at least you're getting after it and trying. And by mm-hmm. the way, I have fixed zero. Zero. <laughs> yeah, she's so talented. Um, but, oh, God, the, like, from her just being ready to, to push herself and challenge herself, the amount of self, that's where self, self-esteem is, is created by, it is an actionable thing. You don't just wake up and have self-esteem. It is by doing esteemable acts. So you don't just can't just get it by reading mantras or doing whatever it's you have to do the things to to make the self-esteem. It's you know, it's like a gas in your tank. So for her, I've seen her self-esteem and confidence skyrocket and it attracts clients because she's doing hard things. And when she gets through it, she feels amazing. And then when she maybe doesn't land it, we talk through it and she figures it out. And there's growth in there, too, you know. So it's that you got to just, I mean, and it's not failure at all, like, but just not being perfect and not nailing it is part of the process. Like, that's just how it goes. For sure. So this is just, I always love to ask a more fun question. So do you have a favorite decade for the look, the style, the Mm -hmm. hair, the clothes, the makeup, all of the things? Oh, that's a hard one. (laughs) Either... It's funny. I like for architecture and design. I love the 20s, mm-hmm. but for like clothes and hair and makeup, I love the 60s. The 60s. See, Which I thought actually, you were going to come at me with the 80s. With <laughs> no, I would perm, right? No, 60s had big hair too, though. The, mm-hmm. um, but it's funny because the 20s actually shows up in the 60s quite mm-hmm. a bit. So So I'm a 20s, 20s. I love the 20s, but I also love the 60s. And I love a good, I mean, just like, please give me the volume. Give me the nice polished, you know. (laughs) Oh, and the patterns, the bold patterns. Yes. Commitment to like color blocking. I just love the commitment. I like it. I like it. So any other final words of wisdom? Um, what else would you love? You know, what is your maybe hopes and hopes and dreams for the future of beauty or the future of curl cult? You know, like there's enough clients out there for all of us. So just like lean into your craft. Um, enjoy the ride of getting better, learning and discovering don't be so quick to say no. Um, yeah. And like this, this career will reward you tenfold, all depending on the, the commitment you give it. You know, if you show up and you're consistent, you will be successful. 
Um, but if you don't, it is going to forever be hard. And I think that's where we have a lot of, you know, drop off um, is because it's mm -hmm. like supposed to happen overnight compared to other careers. It technically, it does like it right. happens so quickly. I mean, all things considered, like within three years, you can be an over $100,000 stylist. No, no problem. I mean, not no problem, but right. all you put in the work and the effort and commitment, exactly. right? Yeah. So, and too, like, don't forget that license, it's a passport to all things beauty. So whether you want to work for a brand, like it doesn't mean you're, you're, you're shackled to a chair or, and by the way, that's one of my favorite ways to spend your career. But if you find it's not for you, like know that there's so many ways for you to use that license. It is, it is a passport. Like I, it's the best thing I've ever done for myself. And I, I have been only because I, you know, I, I've wanted to, I've gotten to dabble in almost every single thing that this industry has to offer. offer. That's awesome. I love that. Your license is a passport. I, I think yeah. that'll be one of the themes for, for our, uh, for our podcast. I mean, and literally like I've tried, <laughs> I, I, most of the countries I've been to, it's, it's to do hair, not for vacation. So, and it's like, what other job, right? Mm -hmm. Sending a 20 year old to Russia to, I mean, to places I was like, I didn't even know I could go there, but it, yeah. it, th that's something cool too. Traveling for hair even if I don't speak the language, we speak hair. There is something so magical to meet a hairdresser across the US, across, across the world, to have this universal language that is beauty. We, we are a secret society and I, I'm, I'll be forever grateful for that. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank I really, you. Was, I know we could keep on talking all day, know, <laughs> but I, again, just really appreciate you spending the time with us today, Janine, and um, appreciate all that you're doing for the industry and, and the time that you give and give back. So, uh, and hopefully we get to see you in person again soon. I know. I'm sure there's more shows coming up, more stuff coming up. So awesome. yeah. So thanks. Thanks again. We hope to see you soon. Take care. Bye. Thank Bye. you. Thank you.